0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg,
0: this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons.
4: 65 days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast.
1: What is up everybody? Welcome into Pack a Day Live. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I think at some point we may have a couple guests pop in here and there. I let a bunch of people know all of like five minutes ago that they could hop on if they want. So we'll see if we get a couple people in from time to time. We did just have some breaking news. This isn't what I was necessarily going to expect to talk about, but it sounds like Jamal Williams is a new Orleans saint. So uh, saints and former lions and Packers running back Jamal Williams have agreed on a three year deal. So Jamal Williams officially a saint easier to swallow, I guess, than a NFC North team, maybe not as ideal as an AFC team, but Jamal Williams, a member of the New Orleans Saints, that is clearly not what anyone here is uh, is here to talk about. We obviously want to talk about the huge, huge implications of what Aaron Rodgers talked about on the Pat McAfee show today. Full transparency. Uh, I was at work all day. I had the opportunity to watch the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' interview. I just got home, gave the kids spaghetti, came downstairs, and I'm here right now to talk about it. Obviously, I'll be answering your questions as we go along here, uh, but I, I've got no notes. I've got no nothing. I just kind of want to talk about this entire situation just based on what has happened, what's transpired, and you know where we're sort of at moving forward with the Packers and the Jets and how this trade will likely transpire. So, I'll start just by saying clearly, for any of those of you who have followed me during this entire time period, going back really to last offseason to now, you know that my hope is the wrong word, but I, I thought what was best for the Packers was if they ultimately traded Aaron Rodgers what, to some team, whether that be the Jets or other. I felt like that was what was ultimately in best interest of the Packers. That had nothing to do with being against Aaron Rodgers or any vitriol towards Aaron or anything like that. Um, He is one of the absolute all-time great football players. He is one of the absolute all-time great quarterbacks. He is one of the absolute all-time great Green Bay Packers. And, you know, arguably the best thrower of the football that I've ever seen. And there is no easy way to transition from that type of quarterback to anything else. It's not ideal. It's not easy. There's no... Perfect way to go about that. I have the utmost of respect. And I mean the utmost of respect for how Aaron carried the G as a member of the Green Bay Packers, how much it meant to him. And yeah, there were differences between him and Brian a couple of years ago, and maybe he could have gone about things a different way. But do you know what his intentions were when, you know, a, a couple of years ago when he, you know, kind of made a stink about everything? It was what he thought was best for the Green Bay Packers. He thought what he was doing was going to be for the betterment of the organization as a whole. He cared that much. And I think that's a really important distinction here that we sort of make moving forward is, This is somebody who literally bled green and gold for a very long period of time, who it mattered to him and a massive amount. Right? So on top of that, obviously being a four time MVP, a super bowl champion, like I said, one of the greatest throwers of the football of all time. He has, he's one of the best, like there's no two ways about it. So to see him go, and have to watch him on another team, there's no easy transition to that. There just isn't. So while I thought it was in the best interest of the Packers, in large part because of the contract that they signed a year ago, I think one of the things that I don't know that the Packers foresaw or that the uh, Aaron Rodgers and his agent foresaw when they signed that deal is that they basically put into motion a situation where Green Bay's best interest was to trade him this offseason. And it almost made it so that Maybe they didn't have to, but it, it, it was very close to them having to trade Aaron Rodgers based on the salary cap repercussions. And yeah, if he had had another MVP season, they would have had a conversation about that. But this was an exorbitant cap hit that they would have had to swallow moving forward if he stayed on the team. And they quickly recognized that this was what was in the best interest of the Packers. If you missed the comments with Pat McAfee, and I'll obviously get to all of you and your questions in just a second here. It looks like we've got Justice Mosqueda hanging out in the queue who I'm going to bring on in just a moment as well. But you know, if you missed it, you know, Aaron said that he went into uh, you know kind of the offseason. He did mention later that he felt kind of all season long that maybe Green Bay was going to go in a different direction, which I feel is probably the case. And then he did mention that in their exit interview that he was very, that the Packers were open to him coming back, that it was sort of Aaron's decision. He goes into the darkness retreat. You mentioned that he was about 90% sure, 90% sure. So in nine out of 10 multiverses, Aaron Rodgers would have just ended up retired. We are in the multiverse where he did not retire. And he ultimately decided that when he came out of the um, darkness retreat, that he still had some interest in playing. And then he got indications as soon as he got out that some things had changed, that Green Bay was going in a different direction. He wanted to play. And that it ultimately was probably going to have to be for the Jets. It seems a little bit like once he found out Green Bay maybe wasn't quite as interested uh, in his services anymore. That might have been a motivating factor, which isn't a bad thing and should become as a non-shock to anyone who knows how Aaron has operated throughout the course of his career. And now it seems very, well, not seems, he wants to be a member of the New York Jets. He wants to play football this season. He's going to be a member of the New York Jets. And the only thing left to figure out is compensation. So a lot, and I mean a lot to go over, an extremely heavy discussion, because this is a massive monumental change for Aaron Rodgers, for the NFL most importantly, maybe for the Green Bay Packers and the organization, for Jordan Love. So the trickle down from this is absolutely massive. And I know we want to know what the compensation is going to be and what's going to happen next, but I do want to bring on the one and only Justice Moscada. So Justice, as I sort of regather myself here and start, you know, recombobulating everything, I want to just get your take on everything. What was your major takeaway from the Pat McAfee show on air last tonight? Um... Well, first of all, can you hear me all right? Yeah, absolutely, man.
5: Okay. Um, I think my biggest takeaway, just because, I mean, I don't know how a ton of Packers fans have felt. Like, I I know a lot of people have just, like, tapped out of the whole Aaron Rodgers drama, right? And they're just like, let me know what happens when it happens. I'm out on this. But I I kind of assumed all this stuff was going to play out. The way it ended up playing now, I think my biggest takeaway is like he seems genuinely hurt by it by the way the Packers uh handled this at the end. And I, I think you know, based off of his words, you know, he kind of thought he had changed the culture in Green Bay in terms of how kind of cold the front office can be at times. And I mean, they're doing it to protect the franchise, it's not like they're making an owner more money or anything like that, it's they're, right. they're doing it it was in the interest of the ball club, but he thought he kind of like changed that a little bit. And then you see him talking and it's like the realization that it's like, Oh no, it was just two years. You won back to back MVPs. That's why they're willing to kind of, you know, say, say what you want, put it, put up, put up with, I, I don't know what type of verbiage we're going to use here. Um, I don't blame how anyone's acted. Like, I think everyone's acting rationally. The The one thing that, didn't really make sense to me other than rogers can't figure out if it was four days and five nights or three days <laughs> and, and four nights uh in the darkness retreat he never really said why he changed his mind right he yeah. said he went into the darkness retreat and it was a 90 percent chance he was going to retire and then he comes out and he hears the packers are shopping him around and then he's like okay i'm gonna have to play elsewhere what what happened in between there That led you from going from basically, you know, on the doorstep of retirement to wanting to come back. I mean, I I know a lot of people are like, well, the Packers, you know, they're treating him wrong on the way out. The the way I kind of see it, and it might be a little cutthroat, but like they were going to get nothing for him if he retired. And if they pissed him off enough that he wants to keep playing, now at least they're going to get draft picks. Like if, if there wasn't really, it doesn't seem like there was ever really an opportunity for him to return other than between the time that he left the darkness retreat. And whenever he got those text messages from players around the league that he said,
1: you know, let him know that he was being shopped around. Do you think there was a change at some point within the Packers organization? Do you think that they spoke about it differently, but I don't know if it was before. So, um,
5: I agree with you, by the way, the the it it was the bye week, right? It was late bye week. So I think it's this first week of December that the Packers had their bye week. They had the super late bye week uh, this season. And it was the first time Goot had gotten an opportunity to talk in front of the media since cutdowns or or the final roster. Right. Right. Um, In September. And they were like, yeah, we're you know, we're going to exercise Jordan Love's option, basically. And then I believe after the season, he kind of walked that back a little bit. And it was like, Did. maybe they were fully like at that point in the season, they start seeing things, you know, go down because that was like right before the Cowboys game, I think, where they started kind of surging where it was right after, um, you know, maybe they see the bad record and they're like, we're going to pull the plug on this thing. Aaron Rodgers goes on a run at the end of the year and they're more it's more kind of up in the air. From everything I had heard, though, I went down to Indianapolis. I talked to a lot of people, um, some people who work for the Packers, some people who formerly worked with the Packers. It seemed like LeFleur was still pushing for Aaron. LeFleur still wanted him back. So I think that this is a little bit more of a probably front office decision than anything else. I don't think Mark Murphy is really getting that involved in in these conversations. I think he leaves that to the front office. So I think this is kind of on – Good to plate and I mean he called the shot. Uh he better be right. You, you better hope yes. Jordan Love is that guy. Because if Jordan Love isn't bad guy, all those all those people that Aaron Rodgers listed, the five thousand people that work for the Packers organization he mentioned with the McAfee show, probably getting canned, right? Like that's kind of how this thing goes. It's you you gotta get the quarterback right.
1: It is. It did feel very much like there was the press conference with Goody on the bye week, and then right after the season, and that's where And I think that this sort of matches up with what Aaron said to some extent as well. But, um, you know, he basically said, hey, this wasn't just a one year deal when we signed Aaron back. Um, And this was a like a, you know, a a multi-year commitment. And he said, like, those were sort of his his phrases. And then but I did also get the, you know, I I guess I, I did read it that he didn't have the same level of vigor that he did even when discussing uh, David Bakhtiari and some of the other players like, well, is Bakhtiari going to absolutely David Bakhtiari is going to come back. Well, what about Aaron? We want all of our players back. Right. And I think when Aaron's talking about like, even during the season where he felt like when green Bay was basically saying, Hey, it's kind of your decision, what you want to do, you know, what he kind of got out of that, what I kind of got out of that was, Green Bay wasn't like, hey, we, we got to have you back. We want you back. We really need you back. And I think he even said like nobody was standing on the table or like, you know, pounding the desk. Right. Like, you know, we really want you. And of course, if they really wanted him back, if they wanted to make sure that there was no Aaron Rodgers going anywhere, they go out of their way to do that. So I think that was his reading the tea leaves, which is the same way I read it, that maybe Green Bay would have considered bringing him back, but they were sort of noncommittal. And there was always this feeling that, I think they were just kind of hoping that he was going to get this way on his own. And then, as you mentioned at the scouting combine, then the tone changed from Brian Gutekunst, where, you know, he said, well, this has always been a year to year thing. It was no longer, Hey, this is a, this has been a longer term commitment. commitment. I just yeah. always knew this was going to be year to year and you could tell, and it was obviously a, a huge change. And I know a lot of people came out of that, you know, Brian Gutekunst press conference would be like, Oh, he's not, he's not playing for green Bay anymore. Like they've moved on. Well, they also, in love. he also said, I believe that was the press
5: conference where he said him and Rogers hadn't really talked even at that point. I mean, that's what, two, two weeks ago. I want to say he was like, we hadn't really talked outside of a couple text exchanges and stuff like that. I I do wonder, uh, I mean, it does seem to a certain extent like a little bit of a communication issue. Right. So like, obviously uh, when are things optional? Right? I mean, this is, like, not even a football question. This is, like, a life question, right? Like, have you ever had someone, like, overstay a welcome or take something too granted or something like that? Like, he's not showing up to OTAs when he's got all these rookie wide receivers, right? That's something. Yeah, it's something. It's optional. It's optional. We can't make you do it, right? They tell you, hey, take as much time as you can, but then you have no conversation with the general manager for the better part of two months. And then you're like, I can't believe he made a decision without me, right? It's like, I don't know. So sometimes you you take things a little too far. I'm sure if you wanted to be a Packer, there would have been ways that you probably could have shown it um, before this point. But I don't know. It seems I... like he's, he's made peace with playing for the Jets and, and stuff like that. So I guess we'll find out.
1: I almost wonder if Green Bay just kind of thought the entire time just based on, you know, him keeping his jersey, walking out with Cobb, you know, kind of his actions throughout the season that they kind of just thought he was going to retire, that they didn't actually think he was going to come back. So they didn't they did. They're just like, yeah, they wanted to sort of not be the bad guys and just be well, like, that was the
5: whole McGinn thing and all that stuff. Right. they were like the, the the one thing that they don't want is for him to come back and be like, I want to be a Green Bay Packer. That yeah. was all the reporting right before. You know, it became pretty evident that it was down to retirement or the Jets, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think if they got the inkling that, all right, he's just going to retire. Well, we don't have to have that difficult conversation and be like, we don't want you anymore. He's just going to retire on his own and this will all sort of clean itself up. And then I almost wonder if during the darkness retreat, they started getting a feeling of like, oh, he wants to play. And this, is, this could potentially now be an issue. But how, the, how would they have gotten it? Because he said going into it. I know. I know. They read the vibrations. Do you think the, the universe? The universe sent that signal, <laughs> signal to go, clearly is what I think. I think we can all agree what happened in this situation. Um, but yeah, let, let, me, let me rewind here. So obviously we've got a lot to dig into from a McAfee standpoint. But I think the overarching takeaway from this is Aaron Rodgers is a freaking New York Jet. And not technically yet, but it's going to happen. Your thoughts on Aaron's career, what he's meant to the franchise? Because this is obviously a monumental culture shift for Green Bay, going from Aaron Rodgers to, to Jordan Love.
5: Um, from the Packers' perspective, right? I think I already kind of touched it. It's true. Hey, man, Love, you got to get it right. Like you, you, you better bet. And I don't. People ask me what my thoughts on Love are. I cut up all of Love's throws. I put it on the All Twenty Two and stuff like that on my Twitter. He's got like 60 passes in his NFL career. Yeah, you you can't make a judgment off of that. Like, there, this is one of the instances where it's like, yeah, the coaching staff in the front office, like, they know way more than we even have access to, right? Just by seeing him in practice. So that's a tough one for me. Um, as far as his fit with the Jets, I think it's really interesting because it's like, so he's still going to be touch and go year to year, right? Oh, for I would sure. Assume so. I would think so. I don't know how big of a commitment can they make? Like, it was almost easier in Green Bay where you already have, you know, his proverbial friends, right? Like, that's how it gets branded. It's like, Cobb's his buddy, Lazard's his buddy, they want to get together, the band's back, right? Like, he already had that in Green Bay, so like, what type of commitment can you build around that with the Jets? And, you know, one benefit he's had in Green Bay, too, and I know there's been a lot of shuffling on the offensive line and stuff, but. He's had pretty good pass protection, you know, with the Packers for the majority, vast majority of his career. I know he's had some like center issues and stuff like that, but the Packers are one of the best teams about getting pass blockers out there and you know having depth on the offensive line. We've seen I, I think the one place that you could see him actually decline outside of like, you know, the couple of games that he was like clearly battling his his thumb injury and stuff right. like that was his legs. So his legs are going down. You better be able to protect it. So I and again, what was it? Uh yesterday there was a report that he was out there recruiting offensive some offensive line. lineman. It seemed like it's Jake Brendel from what yeah, I I can gather. Uh the the he's an interior guy for uh the 49ers. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be the biggest one to me, I think. It's like build a solid offensive line around him and see what you can do. The other thing is. Miami's loading up. I mean, they just added Jalen Ramsey, right? Like, they got, they just paid a backup quarterback like $10 million to make sure that they can make it to, to the playoffs, unlike this past year, um, where, where they faltered at the end uh, in the wild card round. And then you have the Buffalo Bills. So it's like, there's a chance like they do all this for one year and they still finish like third in the AFC East. Like, maybe they make the playoffs, but like, it, it's like the, uh, AFC West last year, right? Where we're like, someone got Devontae, though, someone yeah. got Russell Wilson, oh Justin Herbert, oh Patrick Mahomes, someone's finishing fourth, and they're gonna feel like complete
1: jerks. Yeah, the AFC, the AFC as a whole. I mean that that entire conference, right? And that's why I'm saying, like, for the Jets. As a GM of the Jets, Joe Douglas, you have to, assume, like, maybe Rogers plays for more than one year. Certainly that's within the realm of possibility. But you legitimately have to go into that trade being like, this could just be one year. And if you're the Jets, like going all in for this one year. And yes, I guess they, I, they don't have a ton of other options at this point. But like, man, you're going all in in a year where you've got a pretty stacked division. Like if on um, paper, maybe the worst team is the Bill Belichick run New England Patriots who, yes, haven't been as great lately, but that's if that's the worst team in your division, that's still a, a so pretty high bar. Around 500 as a floor. Yeah, right probably, floor. right? And then in in the AFC North, probably still Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, We'll see what happens with Lamar, obviously. And then you've still got Herbert, you've still got Mahomes. Like this is a crazy freaking conference. The Jaguars could potentially take another step. Like there, I'm actually. I know a lot of people are like just so dead set on, and we'll talk about compensation here in just a second of like what Green Bay is going to get, and like we really need pick thirteen, but like next year's first is actually semi-interesting where like you are a potential Aaron Rodgers like thumb or ankle or knee or something away from that team being like maybe very bad like maybe very Denver Broncos-ish from last year. I was surprised how little cap space they had because I know they have
5: talent but a lot of it's young talent right. Right. I didn't realize that they were in such a cap situation that like You know, Aaron Rodgers, like $20 million cap hit or whatever it's going to be after the trade. Like they needed to move things around to even make room for that. Um, The counterpoint I have on the Jets, though, Robert Salah, do you guess his record uh, with the Jets right now?
1: I would assume it's been how many? Two years? Two years. Two years. It was what? Like a couple games, like a game below 500 last year. I don't remember the year before that. I would assume. I don't know, maybe like maybe 500. 11 and 23.
5: Oh, geez. So you have people talking about, you know, it's one year, it's one year, it's one year, right? And we, we talk about it this way with athletes where you're like, once you're in that position, you have to maximize your value on that second contract, right? And stuff like that. It's the same thing. Like once you get a head coaching job, like once sure. you get a head coaching job, you hold on to it as tightly as you need to. So, if you're, like, on the proverbial hot seat, right, him and Joe Douglas, because you yeah. you flunked the draft pick of Zach Wilson, like, doing this Aaron Rodgers trade could be the difference between you being a defensive coordinator next year or you getting an extension as a head coach. And yeah, that's Aaron, millions and millions, and that's literally tens of millions of dollars of difference. Like, you're completely changing your career net worth, right? So, like... That's where I start looking at like this move only makes sense for the Jets because of the desperation. Right? Everyone else would look at I mean heck, Lamar Jackson's on the market right now as we speak. You can give up two first round picks and give an offer sheet to Lamar Jackson. Like it would make more sense long term to make a move like that than trade a
1: first plus whatever for for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm glad you brought that up. I will readily admit that one of my weak spots more often than not, is that I, in the back of my mind, consistently expect every all 32 NFL franchises to operate like a sound of mind franchise that's doing what's what's in the best interests of their specific franchise, and that is actually more rarely the case than not. Like almost every team, in some capacity, is doing things to either save their job or because the owners meddling in things. Like there are very very few franchises that are actually operating in the right way that they probably should be. So I forget that that desperation from keeping jobs and general not forget, but it just I, I I don't know, it just doesn't trigger with me sometimes. But you bring up that desperation point, right? Which clearly becomes a precursor to the compensation discussion which everyone wants to get into and everyone has very differing viewpoints as to what compensation is going to be for Aaron Rodgers I'll just I'll let you take the floor your gut feel as to what you think Green Bay gets in return or what this trade could potentially look like um if you would have asked me 24 hours ago
5: I probably would have said a second and then some adjustable uh draft pick for 2024 so yeah you know this this year second from the jets and then a 2024 pick that would uh you could do weird things with it right like you could say like hey if you make the playoffs it goes from a fourth to a third if you win a super bowl it becomes another second right or if he comes back then it becomes a first right you can do things like that so it's like based off there's conditions tied to it i would have said something like that probably 24 hours ago and then you get the Sheffield report. They're looking for two first-round picks. Then you get the Pelissero stuff where it's like they're not <laughs> looking for that exactly, but, you know, they still need uh, – compensation is what's holding this whole thing up. And then you you get Aaron Rodgers just flat out saying, like, the ball's in the Packers' court. They're playing – you know, they're di- they're digging their heels on draft compensation. So I, I would assume if – because if it's a second-round pick, you're just like, screw it. We'll get it done. Like, so, for example – Right. Last year. And every everyone just it, uh, talked about it this past weekend because uh, or this past week, because Darren Waller got traded. Thanks for confirming the reports that we had a year ago. Um, right. Darren Darren Waller was originally part of the trade for Devonte Adams. It was supposed to be a first in Darren Waller. Um, there's a there's a league rule where a player on a franchise tag can't be traded for another player if that player hadn't signed so Devonte hadn't signed his franchise tag right so the packers send it into the league they send it back and they're like hey guys this trade actually can't go through the raiders and the packers argue and they're like it will, would waller have been a third round pick or a second round pick at some point the raiders just end up saying screw it send the second round pick right like we're gonna get Devonte adams if it was screw it send the second round pick i think aaron Rodgers is a jet right now right so i think there has to be a first round pick involved Based off of the reporting, I'd be surprised if there were two. Um, because even when Schefter talked about it, it was almost in the past tense, right? Like the yeah. Packers are looking for two second round picks. So or two first round picks. So I think it's probably a first, and then probably I think you still want the 2024 to be some sort of conditional. Cause I think you want to protect yourself where you're like, if Rodgers does come back. I would sure want more compensation, especially if he's playing at a rate of like $60 million per year and you're willing to pay that.
1: I think that's the, the conditional thing is really, really interesting. I, I do. I am more leaning towards like, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like I, I think a second and a conditional is what maybe be seen. Maybe they're just working on the conditions of that pick. I would um, already said the pit if if those were the terms, I probably would I would
5: have done it already. Like shouts if to if you were
1: both, or if you were in who's.
5: Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would make the trade if I were the Jets. To be totally honest, Fair but it, if, if you're Green that you're saying yeah. If I were Green, I would have blinked already, right? Like Gutes, I'm with you, Goots, Diamond hands holding strong. I'm get I'm getting more draft value out of you. I probably would have blinked. So so more power to him. But yeah, if it were a, anything like a second and a third. You're trading. You're trading away a guy who's making sixty million dollars this year. I totally agree. Darius Slade just
1: got released,
5: right? I mean, like Dylan that Randy guy can went, still Dylan play. Went for, went for a third. Yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's not all about the player. It's about the contract too. And Rogers' contract is weird in that you're paying for it in the future. Like, I don't even know if the Jets want to do that, but they also don't necessarily have the cap space short term to just say like, yeah, we're just going to assume that sixty million dollar cap hit
1: right now. So. Do you think that, I want to come back to this in a second. Do you think any of the Packers dragging their feet, do you think there's any chance that Aaron asked for a player to go along with? Like, is there a potential player that the Jets would want too? that Aaron's like, I got to get this guy too. And that's what Green Bay would potentially be dragging their feet on. How do we, what is this 69? (laughs) Is that that
5: how we would do it? Um I think it would have been Bakhtiari, but once they did the salary conversion, that's out of the window, right? Completely out. They could do it June 1st, but they can't do it before then. I mean, there's not even that many movable – like, the way the Packers have just pushed everything forward and maximized their cap space this year just to kind of, like, keep what's left of this team kind of together moving forward so that, like, the draft picks can fill out the rest of the roster. Like, there's not that many – like, what can you do? You could trade Darnell Savage. You could trade Rashawn Gary. And is that it? That might be it. There's not much. (laughs) Everything else puts you above the cap once you get to the the 53. And then you get into tricky spots where you're – you would basically have to, like, cut guys making, like, a million and a half and then backfill it with, like, UDFA. So if that was the decision – it should have been made way earlier.
1: Like it's just not
5: feasible at this point.
1: It would just be great if like it came out like the Aaron just demanded that Bo Melton came with him and the Packers were just like, Nope, we're not we can't do it. We can't send Bo Melton along. Um, yeah, there's not many people that make sense. Like you could argue like maybe like a John Runyon Jr. or something like that could be probably shipped, but like that's one, yeah, that's one. When... But even then, you're, it's, no, you're not you're yeah, not I mean, fighting over it, and I don't think the Jets are making a big stink over it at that point. So, now I'm with you. Bakhtiari would have been the one that would have been in the conversation, and based on the restructure, you literally Green Bay literally can't do it prior to June 1st. So, yeah, yeah, there's just not much they can do there. Speaking of teammates, if you're Bobby Tunyon,
5: oh,
6: how are I you know, feeling? Bobby. You didn't for make Bobby. the wish
5: list. You didn't make the wish list. Everyone else
1: got on there. There was no wish list though, Justice. There was no wish list, even though they're they're signing all the guys off of said wish list. Russini
5: is doubling, tripling down on ESPN as we speak about the wish list.
1: Amazing. I'm sure there's probably some middle ground where the Jets asked for some players that he thought would work well within that offense and with Aaron. And I'm sure like, it was probably via text or email, right? Where he sends a list of players yeah. that, you know, basically responding to the question that was in the first place. And that goes from like what Aaron is just being like, Hey, I just told him the players that I thought would work well and that I like to play with and things like that. And, and then it's also, it's, but it's viewed as like though this is Aaron's wish list of players. And I'm, I'm sure there's like always, there's probably some truth in the middle. I, I think the problem, and this seems to be the problem a lot of times with Aaron
5: is it goes from we're reporting this like wish list. This is, you know, guys that he has input on. And he takes that as, oh, you said those were demands. Right. Like, no, Aaron, no one said those were demands. No, no one is mad at you because you want Randall Cobb. We already knew you wanted Randall Cobb. Alan <laughs> Lazard already made sense with the Jets. Like Hackett's there, of course. But it's it's totally fine, Aaron. It's totally yeah. fine.
1: Oh, um, going back to, to trade comp for just a second, like, I, like I said, I, th- I think a, a second round plus maybe some some sort of comp. If, I think if they do get 13 out of this, and just even 13, win, win. I think Goody did just tremendous, tremendous, yeah. tremendous work uh, of getting that in return. And like you said, had Aaron retired out of this, they get nothing. And I want to, this is pivoting for a second here, but I do want to say that I know maybe that some people will say like, Aaron doesn't deserve credit for this or something like that, but, there was a real chance for a power play here by Aaron. If you want like Green Bay couldn't trade him without Aaron saying he wanted to be traded cuz no team was going to trade for him and take on that the the responsibility of that contract unless they knew he was going to play. So if he told every team, if he told the Jets, if you trade for me I'm retiring, the Jets immediately pivot and go in some other direction and say we're we're out, right? So if he says I'm not going to any other team, there's nothing that Green Bay can really do about it. If he says I'm not retiring, there's nothing that green Bay can really do about it. And green Bay was in a situation with this contract where they literally could not cut him now. Right. Green right. Bay had a power play as well. And to say, you want to come back? And this is where I think the McGinn thing, I know that everyone like made a huge stink about it where, but like we're the, but green Bay's only power play if that in that situation, if Aaron literally pulled like basically a Brett in this situation and said, no, I'm going to be a green Bay Packer. I'm not retiring and I'm not going anywhere else. If if they would have said that, if he would have said that, the only power play Green Bay has left is to say, "All right, you're Jordan's backup," and Aaron could have theoretically called their bluff and said, "Okay, you want me, Aaron Rodgers, in that locker room to like, well, this is all while Jordan's trying to go out there, and you know that I'm probably better than what Jordan is, but you're going to stick to Jordan anyway. Like that's your ultimate decision. Like that's what you think is best for the pack. Like this could have got." so insanely ugly, so insanely fast. And I didn't ever think it would honestly get to that point. And I'm so happy it didn't get to that point, but I at least think it's worth a footnote in the conversation to be like, if Aaron wanted to go nuclear in this situation, he absolutely could have gone nuclear and it would have gotten probably extremely ugly.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
5: Yeah, so for the people out there who don't follow the contract details super specifically, basically Rodgers's options are already fully guaranteed, right? So if the Packers be on on top of what is it like a forty million dollar cap hit for the uh, the money that is he's he's already been paid but was like pushed forward in terms of the accounting, right? The dead yep. cap. Um, there's forty million dollars. You would then have to pay the option on top of that,
1: which is right 60 so now.
5: <laughs> Yeah. So it would it would have been, I think it was somewhere in the in the range of like 90 million dollar. Like debt cap million. yeah. To release Aaron Rodgers. Like, just not feasible. I mean, I guess, and this is the point that I i I've maybe leaned into this too hard, but like the other thing that you could do is Aaron, you don't want to retire. Okay, you're still an active NFL player. Why don't, like, let's trade you to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional draft pick. If you play, we get it. If not, we don't. You're off our books. If you unretire, you're going to be in Carolina. Like that's, that's something you can do. But I think that's like, that's worst case scenario. That's like, if, if this thing goes down to week, like near week one of the regular season and I don't think it's going to No, that's like the like parachute where it's like, all right, get out of this contract, like rip it.
1: And and I know right before we came on, uh, uh, Rob Domovsky had uh posted, uh he was just on a hit on ESPN and basically saying like, this is going to get done. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's like that big of an, you know, anything to overcome at this point. So there is a legitimate, I think hope and belief that this will hopefully get done sooner rather than later. Like, I don't think it behooves anyone at this point to drag this out too long. It's bad for Aaron. It's bad for the Jets. It's bad. For, it, it's at minimum, at least not ideal for the Packers to continue to string this along. So I think well, in, it's not some, good for the Packers because
5: what there's five quarterbacks in this draft class, four quarterbacks. I can't remember. Um, right.
1: Well, four it, top guys. Yeah. And then yeah, it, I mean, it depends what you think of hooker. Yeah.
5: It's not good to get the uh, Jets gears rolling right you're thinking about Aaron Rodgers keep thinking about Aaron Rodgers keep thinking about Aaron Rodgers because if I mean if they go what are the options you have I mean you go back to I mean the the Raiders you know that was the other team that he basically mentioned in the uh the McAfee hit so um they were they've already added uh Jimmy Garoppolo so who who knows if they would even be in the mix again Carolina was the other team that was reported right they've made a phone call about Aaron Rodgers, and now they've moved up to the first overall draft pick, so they're obviously going to take one. So, um, yeah, it becomes really tricky. I I, I think if you're looking at hard deadlines, like, there's a couple things that can change. So, basically, if if the Packers are holding steady, right, if they're digging their heels like Aaron Rodgers said, it's basically just a waiting game on seeing when the Jets are going to blink, right? The only things that change between now and the regular season, right? We have the draft. So that's when, you know, draft compensation would go from 2023 picks to 2024. And you have no idea where those are going to go, right? There's no promise in 2024. It's going to be the 13th overall pick, right? Um, plus you have to wait another year. Then you have June 1st, which then is, you know, will split his cap hit if he ends up getting traded and split that dead cap. And then the last thing would be week one, which is when his uh, bonus needs to be exercised or not. So, those are kind of the timelines. I know they're like pretty far out. I mean, the nearest one is what, in like six weeks is the draft. So yeah, I don't know. I, We're just waiting for the
1: Jets to blink at this point, I guess. I hate to uh, cut us off from a very in-depth Aaron Rodgers conversation, but we have some breaking news, Justice. The Packers, per Mike Garofolo have agreed to terms with long snapper Matt Osrich. Osrich? Osrich? Something like that. Formerly of the Rams, Osrich. <laughs> Wins a ring in LA and heads to Green Bay on a three-year deal. Justice the Packers as a uh, what All-Pro long napper? I'm sure you have some long snapper takes. What do you have? Any takes? Do you have any film on Matt Osrich?
5: I'll I'll figure out something for the site, but I can't even spell this guy's name. Are you O-Z- kidding me? O-r-z-e-c-h. Oh my goodness. Um, I I, I don't know. That much, I mean, I would assume, I mean, this is kind of funny because it's always like everyone always makes fun of LaFleur for keep signing guys off of that McVay <laughs> tree as coaches, but now he's doing it with players. Um, you know, obviously, Rich Passaccio probably has some input there. Um, but they, they, the long snapper from not this past year, Jack Coco, right? He he was a guy that they brought up uh, yep. through tryouts and stuff. But the year before, the long snapper for the Bajorcas year had come from the Rams, too if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, I I, I forget who – I already forget who the guy was after Hunter Bradley, the guy who allowed the block – well, helped allow the block yeah. punt in the – yeah, we yeah. don't talk about that. So I think that he lost the camp battle to this Osrich guy, so – Gotcha. I don't know. Seems like he's Steven been in Wordle. the league yeah, for, for a while. Stephen Wordle. But yeah, yeah. – uh, right. nice to see that they actually addressed Like, I think Rich Pisashi has the most pull in the building now when it comes to free agents, like the he only got the assistant he, head coach, uh, title oh, yeah, added to him. Matt LaFleur, look over your shoulder, man. Uh, he, he was, the, he was the only guy they brought back basically is Keyshawn Nixon, returner slash special teams guy. Their first free agent sign. How, well, how, just, how dare you? Tyler Davis got resigned. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, I guess technically he's a special teamer. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. That's amazing. Um, Although he might be tight end one by default, also right now. So, um, but uh, yeah, I I do like that they continue to address it. But how just how picture perfect is it that on the day that we find out Aaron Rodgers is traded to the New York Jets, that the biggest for like their first foray into free agency for the Green Bay Packers is a long snapper that's just beyond poetic and perfect? I think. How
5: many have we lost? Oh no, we're still in comp pick range. Cause we're minus yeah. one now because Jaron Reed and Alan Lazard. I always forget that that's one part that I always forget is that it's not just about the contracts, it's also like the volume of players yeah. in and out. I just saw Bills fans going nuts because apparently they're they signed a they signed a returner themselves, Hardy from the saints and that might end up costing them the third round pick that uh they would lose for tremaine edmonds and they're all going nuts so my gears started going i'm like wait do we still get the fourth or fifth round round pick for for, for lazard and i forgot about jaron reed signing with the seahawks which the power to him good job for keep finding work i don't know how
1: you're doing it but so let's transition to uh, away from long snapper uh but let's transition to what's next for green bay obviously we know jordan loves the quarterback you don't really have a you know an established backup quarterback, so they're probably going to need to do something there. Probably need you know via the draft. But as just like a sort of philosophical standpoint for the next couple years here, as Jordan loves your quarterback, they don't really have money to spend in free agency. They can get a long snapper here and there, and they can do a couple things uh, to to improve the roster. But um, what, what's your sort of philosophy on what Green Bay should be looking to do over the next couple seasons? Oh man. I mean, just keep adding talent.
5: I mean, I I think they have a good core. I think you can keep guys like, you know, Jair, Rashawn Gary, um, Kenny Clark. Like, those guys are going to be staples. I think the offensive line right now is really set. I know know people look at, like, Bakhtiari's expiring contract, not this upcoming season, but the one after it, right? Um, But they have, like, 12 offensive linemen under contract that they, like, rostered on their 53 the entire year. I I, I think you just want to get better at the skill positions, right, and just keep drafting well. I know, I know that sounds dumb, but, like, a- avoid some of these bad fifth-year options. Don't Darnell Savage again. And uh, hopefully the arrow is just trending up on guys like Wyatt and Koi Walker.
1: I, I totally agree. I think it's about just acquiring young talent that is going to continue to appreciate. I don't think that this is, like, a full rebuild situation where they have to tear anything down or trade guys away. Let, m- let me follow up with this as well. NFC North right now, who has the best, and I'm not saying the best team, all right, but who has the best, like, young-ish core of a roster? Because I look at Green Bay, right? And obviously Jordan Love is a huge mystery box that we just don't know yet. But, like, Jordan Love, who knows what the long-term is on A.J. Dillon, but they're probably going to draft a running back anyway. But Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, you know, John Runyon jr. We'll see what else they do along the offensive line, but you're Rashawn Gary's a core guy. You've got Wyatt, you've got Clark, you've got Slayton, you've got Quay, you've got Jair, you've got Stokes. Like that's not a bad core to start off with this. Like, and I know like the bears and the lions have got like some of these young up and coming players. But when you talk about like top tier talent, that's still at least like in or near the prime of their career, like Kenny Rashawn, um, obviously we'll see what happens with Christian Watson and just how good he can get Jair Alexander. Like there is a Elton Jenkins. I didn't even think I mentioned him the first time. Like there is a really strong core to this team still. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we'll have to see how, I mean, the bears are about to get a
5: bunch of draft picks. Right. So
1: they got, they got to find guys too. Like it doesn't necessarily equate into something. I love what they're doing. If you're not from a Packers standpoint, but like, from a just team building standpoint, they're doing a lot of things the right way. Right. So we got to see how
5: the bears picks pan out and then just see if Justin fields can take that extra step. Right. I I mean, I think we're, we're seeing the arrow trend up, but he's not, you know, in his final form yet. It, It reminds me a lot of like Jalen hurts, right? Like Jalen hurts. What was it? Last year had the playoff game and just completely got smothered by the Buccaneers and you saw him take the next step and he's, Dang near an MVP candidate. I think that's yeah. the worry for Packers fans with with Justin Fields. Um, and then you got the draft picks. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, Minnesota. Everyone says their GM smart. I'm still waiting to see it. Um, and then awesome. the Lions. I like Jameson Williams, but you got him on a discount because he was injured. Outside of that, like I know the, the like the pass rusher from Jackson State was a nice find and stuff like that. But I don't see too many game breakers even hutchinson was a little disappointing for me relative to expectations coming in this year so
1: yeah the top end talent in the division Yeah, i mean it's like you know you still have justin jefferson in minnesota i really like christian Dariusaw. Yeah, he's it's about like, to get paid yeah he is about to get paid big time excited too, like. excited for that and kirk money management yeah. let's go they're in no man's land man the vikings are in no man's land they're in a really weird spot i'm i'm very happy as a let's packer family for the Vikings. Pr- is. princeton hey.
3: economist figure it out is uh is Chris or uh, is uh is Kurt getting guaranteed money too? Like, please, please, God, let him get a five-year fully guaranteed money, and like, let us let us have that man into the division for the next five years as our young prince Jordan Love flourishes to the top of the division once well, again.
5: This week they just pushed his money forward, right? They they salary yep. converted him, so now he's gonna have a dead cap hit moving forward and even more leverage and contract negotiations to get that number down and get an extension
1: jacob Mm -hmm. is that a celebratory the saga is over drink or what what do we got there
3: (laughs) is the saga over is it over (laughs) (laughs) what's what other what other weird you know the, the funny thing about all this is everybody's been making the same jokes all week right like Aaron Rodgers down to this last second. What other weird things are going to happen? Like, what's the weirdest way this can end? And so far, it's all been pretty like amicable, right? I mean, yeah. give 12, give twelve credit. I thought you know your, people are going to give him a hard time and, and whatever. I thought he was really good today. It, it, you know, for the most part, with what he said, you know, gave his flowers to the city of Green Bay to Packers fans. Oh, I love it. Very, very specifically, did not mention two names. I don't think he said Nat LaFleur's name, and I don't think he said Brian Gutenkut's name, which is funny because he talked about Sam Seal being a scout on that staff. You know, the staff is different. Nobody is there anymore from from back then. Uh, Goody's been there since 1998. <laughs> so uh, he was there. He was there as a scout when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. So I thought that was a very notable omission from his uh, from his speech that he gave today and you know honestly can you fault the guy I mean he got he just got fired right he just got fired you give you give the credit to you know all the people that you love all your co-workers the people that you did it for and you kind of want to say hey boss screw off right I mean I don't blame him for wanting to be that way and I don't blame Packers fans who you know there's a there's a a major not a majority but there is a a faction of Packers fans that are very much like, how could you do this? How could you do this to our guy? Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. And I think, you know, going back to the celebratory drink, Andy, this is just the beginning. Like, we're just getting started, man. We are just getting started. So it should be fun.
1: Yeah. Welcome, Jacob Morley, by the way. Uh, Jake, great to have you. Um, always love hearing your thoughts on things. I just want to get your reaction to today in general? Like, I, I want to give you the the floor and the opportunity just to kind of go with going through your head right now.
3: It's weird. It's, it's a really weird feeling to, I mean, I went through, you know, if you're old enough to remember the 2005 draft, everyone kind of knows it's one of those things. Like I I remember where I was at when I actually made the pick and I I shared it today. I was, I was a, a young man working at Dairy Queen in Valley City, North Dakota, and my dad called me because he had been calling me for uh, you know updates on this stuff. And and what's up, Dusty? And he, he calls me. He kept calling me. He's like, "Hey, that that quarterback from Cal that you liked, it's no one's taking him." And I'm just kind of, oh, that's weird. Well, keep calling me because that would be cool. Like I was I was on board before they even took him. I was like, that'd be kind of cool if they took him. Um, and so he calls me, and he and he just goes, "They took him." <laughs> hangs up the phone and i was just like oh my god like he fell all the way down and you know it's interesting just because Favre I'm not I'm not old enough to remember Favre in 1992 I was 3 years old you know when he got traded to the Packers so Aaron Rodgers is very much like my quarterback the guy that I got to see come in as a kid you know he's not that much older than me and kind of grow you know not grow up with him but watch him basically grow up in Green Bay and so it is You know, everything that's happened the last few years that have kind of I don't want to say soiled his legacy, because I don't think that's how we'll remember him in Green Bay his last couple of years where all the, you know, the controversial stuff and and whatever, like all that Beside, like he is he is. I think when he said today, I'm arguably the greatest Packer of all time or whatever he said, like he's right. He is. And I think he deserves all of his flowers. Um, I think he will get those. And I think when he comes back, five, eight, ten, whatever it is, you know, he's going to get the recognition that he deserves from Packers fans. And, you know, hopefully as Packers fans, we get to do this again with Jordan Love. And I don't think it's any secret that I'm a big Jordan Love guy. I, I believe in his talent. I think he has had three years to mature in this system. Um, I Going back to him at Utah State, Andy, I remember talking to you about this three years ago when they took him. Like, he, he's got stuff on tape that you love. He's got stuff on tape that you don't love. But he, there's just something about it. There is something about him that just makes you excited. He's got that factor, that it factor, whatever it is. Um, and is it quantifiable? No, it's not. This could blow up in their faces, and if it does, guess what? They're all getting fired. And 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 that's fair. That's just the business. That's how it goes. But I believe I believe in the kid, and I, I have. And just you know, the Philly game this last year is just kind of. What you thought he was, and what you think he can be. Now, can he do that for a 17 game season? We're about we're fixing to find out, right? So, um, I think it's just going to be really interesting, and and I'm ready for that that jolt. And as a fan, and, and I got I got to go soon because I'm actually recording with Dorf here at seven. But I'll say this: as a fan, there was no period of time that I thought was more fun being a Green Bay Packer fan. Then when Aaron Rodgers finally surpassed Brett Favre in those those Vikings games where he came back to Lambeau, you know, the Desmond Bishop pick six, uh, the 2010 run that they made going to the Super Bowl was so much fun because it was so, you know, in your face to all that to all the haters and the non-believers, the people that didn't believe in Aaron Rodgers. And he had, you know, in 2010, he announced loudly to the world that the Packers made the right decision. And will we get that again with Jordan Love? I don't know. I I believe in the kids' talent. Like I said, I have no idea if we're going to get that again. Odds would say we're not, right? Odds would absolutely say this isn't going to happen the third time in a row. And and the other fun thing about that, it doesn't need to for the Packers to win Super Bowls. You know, Jordan Love doesn't need to be Aaron Rodgers for them to be a Super Bowl contending team. He needs to be good. He needs to be like a top 10, top 8 quarterback in the NFL. But... I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think he can do it. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your guys' time together. I'm going to sign off. And if you guys, if anyone wants to come hang out, if anyone wants to come hang out over at the Gold Zone at Game On Wisconsin, Westendorf and I are getting started at seven. We're going to be doing the same thing. So appreciate you <laughs> appreciate guys. Talk to you later.
1: Love the plug. Before I get to Dusty, just real quick. I was uh, I was eight years old in 92, uh, when, uh, Brett Favre, I was at the game where Mikowski got injured and Favre came in through the touchdown to Kitrick Taylor. And my first, my first glorious of many horrible takes throughout my life is I was extremely upset because I knew that deep down Ty Detmer was going to be the better quarterback than Brett Favre and, uh, that they should have been bringing in clearly Ty Detmer instead of Brett Favre at age eight. And I, uh, I stood by it and, uh, yeah, it didn't work out so great, but, um, uh, you know, for far if it worked out okay, I guess. But Dusty, welcome in. How the heck are you doing, hey, man? I'm good. I'm still waiting for the Brian Brown breakout.
4: Are we still? Are we, we're still rolling with that, right? Like that's <laughs> same what stuff. Cool.
1: He couldn't yeah. even beat up Matt Flynn. Uh, that's part of that. Yeah, like immediately good, man. too. It's been, a, been a fun day. Been a weird day, you know. What was your just overarching feel when you, I'm sure you watched it or at least got to listen to it later. Like as this entire thing unfolded, uh, I think a lot of us probably expected something like this, but as it becomes more of a reality, what were you thinking? Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to watch it. I I was just big clips. Um, I
4: I went and had lunch with my son over at, uh, over at uh, preschool today. And then I've just been working. And so I've caught like clips here and there. And I, I just like hitting up people, fill me in what happened. The, the group chat really came through. Uh Thankfully, my, my brothers really kept me up to date there, but yeah, I mean, I, well, he announced, was it yesterday? There's it the McAfee, like the world needs to hear this, whatever it was like, this could be anything. Like, I, I have no idea what this could be. And I, I mean, I've been thinking you know, like everyone else, he's going to the jets. You hear that, like he might retire he might be buying a commune in oregon and like we'll never hear from him again like i have no idea what this is going to be so not shocking at all um and it is certainly something that you know we've all prepared for but it is it is different that <laughs> agreed uh yeah i mean it is different now that it's it's a reality and i think that's i mean part of it is it's a it's an exhale because it's all right, we, we know what we're looking forward to here we know we we likely know what the next couple of years potentially gonna look like we at least know we're gonna get a look at Jordan Love. You kind of know all that stuff plays out. And there's at least like some sense of closure there. And then there is there's excitement for the future. Well also, yeah, a lot of kind of backward looking and you know, he's I I I I tweeted about today. I mean I I have been watching football. I'm older than than all of you every single person that's been on this so far. Um on the which, planet. I don't know. Morally morally saying three years old than ninety two. That felt like a personal attack that personally I I did not care for. But uh I mean <laughs> I, I was really negative one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shut up, Justice. Yeah. How do that. you boot Justice out? Is that yeah
4: no I was I was 12 man. Um but yeah I mean it was uh it's it's I said I've been writing about football for like 90 to 10 years or something. And at this point I've learned a lot from him. I tweeted about this earlier today that this is like watching, studying the passing game, watching this like so much of what I know about the passing game and kind of was able to interpret from the passing game and all that came from watching him. And then the more I watch, the more you kind of dig in. Like He's just a master at so many things within the game. And I'm I'm just watching that. And that, that stinks. Um, But we also like, he was, was, he was not 27. He's not prime of his career. Like, you know, he's got a year or two left anyway. So it's kind of, kind of ready at this point. But yeah, it has been it's been a weird day to have closure while also kind of look looking back while trying to look forward at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's well said. I tweeted this out earlier. It makes probably no sense, but um, I said, to some extent, I feel like I've been reading the same book for the past 30 years. It's one of the best books ever written. But even though I'm 99% sure the next book I'm going to read is probably worse, I'm just excited for something new. And it just just feels like new. And I was talking to my friend about this. It was actually a Bears fan, which why I have a friend that's a Bears fan, I'm not entirely sure yet. But um, where I basically said, like, it's it's been like a constant state of competing at the insane highest level for basically 30 years, which came with three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins, seven MVPs, multitude of playoffs, some of the most gut-wrenching, heart-twisting, no human being should have to experience uh, as many of these playoff losses as we've had to experience uh, at times in those situations. Very, very, very few non-winning seasons, very few frustrations, few head coaches, all those sort of things through 30 years, but a constant state of, you know, competing, which I would not trade for anything. And I would gladly take another 30 years of that, but it's just like, there, there have been so many different journeys that other NFL fans have had to take mm-hmm. where it's either, you're, you know, you have these ebbs and flows or like, have we, have we experienced a top 10 draft pick? uh When was the last top 10 draft pick? The Hawk, Hawk or Raji, AJ right? Hawk, I guess. Raji? AJ Hawk. Yeah.
4: I was going
5: to say Raji. Raji
1: uh, so like Hawk was five, like, I don't, I haven't experienced, not not that I'm excited for it, but like, I don't think I've experienced the top five draft pick in my lifetime or like, at least like there's different journeys that you take as a Packer fan. And obviously winning and winning a Super Bowl is the best of those journeys. But like I said, it's almost just like a different chapter that I'm, whatever happens, I'm just intrigued to kind of see what's going to happen next. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I think both of those things could be well, true. Well, and one of the things
4: I mean, this is a conversation I've had as well that the idea of like the whole because the, the argument that always comes up is 30 years and two Super Bowls, which well, I was alive for both the Super Bowls and they were awesome. And those were mm-hmm. like their memories of those I carry with me for forever. So like, yep. that's more than, that's more than some franchises have cough, cough Vikings like that's like I don't that like I'm fine with with that. It would have been nice to have had more. But the idea of I like, think there's so much more than the, obviously just winning Super Bowl, thankfully. Every single season with the barring a couple, you go into it knowing we at least have a shot. It's going to be entertaining. Like the the ability to watch season after season of entertaining competitive football that didn't always end well. Like you said, those scars, man, I was a, I've was been able to insulate myself from them somewhat. And now I just, I'm numb. And so I, I don't feel anything anymore, which is awesome. You guys got to try it, man. Uh, but but the, the fact that like you've got, okay, they didn't win this year. That sucks. You've got a thousand a thousand different things. The, 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 during the, the week-to-week was enjoyable at the very least. Absolutely. You're not waking up every morning as like a Browns fan for multiple reasons at this point going, <laughs> this week's going to suck. And then you watch it anyway. Like, that's terrible. And maybe we'll enter into that. Maybe that's this period. I have no idea. But the fact that we've had 30 years essentially of it's going to be somewhat enjoyable. And I know we're going to go into every single game and at least something interesting is going to happen. And we've got a right. chance every season. I mean, a lot of fan bases don't have that, have not had that. It's, it's something that I I definitely do not want to take for granted.
1: Well, that's well said. I think when we've had, you know, guys like Brett Farve and Aaron Rodgers, like not only, not only like winning uh, and having a chance every Sunday or not even, you know, having a, a playoff chance, a puncher's chance at a Super Bowl almost every single year, but going into every game being like, something spectacular could happen today. Something like some throw that I've never seen in the history of the NFL or like, like any of it could happen for the past 30 years. And like, there was just, there's so much about it from the wins to the the throws to the plays to the making insane plays with their feet to just all of it. And end of an era doesn't necessarily do it justice. And it's not just one era, right? Like you could be closing the door on 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like that's the hell of a run. But it all of it has a, a huge weight to it and it feels very monumental today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably wrap things up here. We're heading on about an hour here, and I, I want to, you know, especially Justice, I know you've been here the whole time I get out here. But Justice, just kind of final thoughts on the day, final thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jet. Um, Just last thing, like w- one
5: thing I do hope, because we, we, uh, we were talking about this earlier about like giving Rodgers his flowers on the way out and stuff like that. I do kind of hope they get some sort of like conditional 2024 pick. For him that is like based off of like how far they go in the playoffs or something like that. So it would be nice to just like be able to like keep track of an AFC team, you know, when when the Packers aren't playing. Yeah, exactly. Just keep tabs on them a little bit and you're rooting for them. You're not rooting against them. Like, you know, most, most situations you want a team to tank, but you can keep watching Aaron Rodgers. You get a draft pick that adjusts to how far they go in the playoffs. Like that would be nice.
1: It would be kind of cool. I mean, not in its entirety, but like it would be kind of cool if, like, let's just say the Packers got the Jets first round pick and then there was a conditional pick in 2024. But the condition could be anything from like if the Jets win the Super Bowl, you get a first round pick to if the Jets lose or like only win four games, like the Packers actually owe them a pick. So, like, you have this like sliding scale of like this could be anything depending. So, like, every Jets game is like, even if they're like, you know, four and eight at some point, like getting to that fifth win is like super important. (laughs) So that like Packers don't better. Exactly. So either way, when, when Favre was a jet and they got that conditional pick uh, in return, like it was so much fun. It it was fun cheering for Favre as a jet in general, but like the fact that the better the jets did, the better that pick had the opportunity to be like, that was just an added bonus on top of it. Uh, Dusty, any final thoughts on anything
4: today? no nah, man like i said it's it's uh it is it's weird i, I mean i say like it's closing the door to the next chapter which it is but it's still like i don't know man In, until like the trade is actually through i'm still gonna be like i don't know man like uh, i oh it's going God. to go through but man like i'm always i'm gonna be on pins and needles a little bit what's up tom uh what's going on guys but yeah it's uh i don't know man I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens next i've watched enough of jordan love to be curious about what happens (laughs) all ranges are on the table man if he comes out and just lights the world on fire like i knew it and then if he comes out and throws like six interceptions in the first like (laughs) six quarters like i also knew that so every (laughs) everything's on the table and i'm
2: excited to see what happens next man (laughs) tom freaking grassy how the heck are you doing man i literally just hop off gps and i just saw your dm so i was like oh okay i'll hop on i literally just closed the
1: browser for Streamyard, and i was like i'm just gonna open another one (laughs) This is amazing. We were just about to close shop, but now that you're here, I don't know how we could possibly oh, okay, do that. Okay, bye. See you later. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, then you, Tom Grossi's here. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, see you guys later. Uh, yeah. Tom, your, your thoughts on today?
2: Um, I'm really happy that I can sleep now because I legitimately haven't gotten a full night's sleep in about a month. Like, legitimately. <laughs> like I made a stupid skit like last Saturday of like a Packers fan waiting for... Aaron Rodgers and like my hand is out of the shower like with the phone and stuff like even today I'm shampooing my hair gotta get in the scalp shampooing my hair and I'm literally like okay washing my hands and like sticking out of the shower and like okay it didn't happen yet like legitimately I've been
1: doing that non-stop for about a month so there's a little I, relief just for I that. Feel that so much I feel that so much and like there are, of course there were like so many days that like I would have been immediately able to live stream and then you know today wasn't one of them, but at least as soon as something happened, I was at least aware of it and stuff. But like, man, there was days where I'm like, I like you said, like, I need to go take a shower, and I'm not sure if <laughs> like of course it's gonna break. I was I went to the Bucs game on, on last Thursday. That. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, this is for sure gonna break during the Bucks game. And then it snowed, so we had to stay overnight. I'm just like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> it was it's been crazy.
2: This is why not it snowed here pretty heavily and I had to like shovel three times yesterday. I like did my walkway, then ran inside and like checked my phone, ran out, did like half my driveway, ran back inside and checked my phone. Because it's it's one of those things that it it, it requires almost like that level of insanity because it's such a franchise altering event. Like it's not just like, oh, like we got a long snapper, like which we did. Like also it's not a franchise like, altering event. <laughs> it's true. It's accurate. But it's it's one of those things that we may never see anything like this ever again for the Packers. Like there might not be another Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be tough to get who's going to stay there for that amount of time. Who is going to have that amount of impact on the franchise and then is going to get traded. It's not just like retired. It's not just like, okay, he's declining a lot. So it kind of makes sense. He's going to get traded. Like that stuff doesn't happen. And we have seen it now twice in our lifetimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's been absolutely crazy. And like you said, this is franchise altering. Um, I'll just ask you it obviously Justice or Dusty, if you need to bounce at any point, you know, clearly feel free to do so. But we'll go on a little bit more here just to, to talk the four of us if if you guys want to stay. But um your your um you know your thoughts on what's next for, for Green Bay and uh, you know, what you know kind of Green Bay needs to do from here to kind of make this transition into the Jordan Love era.
2: I'm gonna say this and I don't want anyone to get offended we need to be the bears this year. And I know, I know what I just said sounds sacrilege, but what I mean by that is that last year, all the bears cared about. It wasn't even wins or losses is Justin Fields. Our guy, that was their priority. Number one coming into this year, we basically have two seasons to figure that out, right? It's what do we have in our young talent? Because we have a lot of young talent, Are they any good? Are they going to take that second step? Is our defense going to live up to the promise that we were promised last year of like a top five, top 10 defensive unit? I don't think so either, but because nothing's changed, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And then of course you have Jordan love. They have like a two year runway because I don't think it's unless he's like really bad. I don't know if it's like fair to gauge just one season. And plus it doesn't see like he'll have, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, maybe Matt LaFleur will actually run the ball more. You know, there's there's those assets. Probably not. Again, we're just going around in circles. But I think it's just figure out what you have and say, OK, we keep this and move forward. We don't keep this and we move forward. I think like I know that's really simplified, but that's what Packer fans should feel going into this, in my opinion, because I, I, I've i talked about this and I, and I it's so hard to describe this without sounding like a total a-hole but for 30 plus years we have had the expectation with Favre and Rodgers, we're going to the super bowl every single year right that's been the expectation every single season every single except maybe for like 2008 right that's that's been the expectation now we don't have that and i will say Like having that expectation is great. And I love the fact that we had two hall of fame quarterbacks that gave that to us for such a long amount of time. And I'm so grateful for that. Truly, truly. Cause it just makes it fun to be a fan, right? Cause you don't want to see your team suck. You love the team, but now like there's a tiny bit of relief that it's kind of like a shift because I'm going into the season going, if Jordan love is great. Oh my God, I'm going to be the happiest person on this planet. Right. And if he's not, then I'm like, okay, well, like, I didn't really have a lot of expectations going in. I don't think they're going to be contending for a Super Bowl this year. So that's okay too. And like we'll figure out what we have. I just hope that going forward, the Packers adjust accordingly instead of repeating everything and just hoping things magically change
1: like, like a, a adjustments, like, ch- like, changes? I know that that's
2: what? kind of a bad word. Um, <laughs> but Yes. And and that's, someone was asking me that today. They were like, are you upset about Aaron Rodgers?" Because like people, especially outside of green Bay are like, Oh, well he's, he's washed. He's terrible. Now I don't think he's washed or terrible at all, but I think it's also time to move on from Aaron Rodgers because where Aaron Rodgers is in his career, where I still, he think, I think he could play at a really high level. That's not where the Packers are. After seeing last season, and we might see jumps from like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, right? They might actually decide to play Devontae Wyatt for a hot second. That would all be great. And they could take big jumps and maybe we can make the playoffs and stuff. But I'm looking at teams like the Chiefs. I'm looking at like even the 49ers when they have a quarterback. Like (laughs) it's going to be really tough to compete against them. And nothing has changed from last year to this year. So I think instead of just running it back again with Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of doing us a disservice because don't want to so say we know how it's going to end because anything could happen but it seems like we're just kind of hitting our head against the wall and not maximizing what we could and really finding out okay let's see the development of our young players which should be the priority this season
1: yeah it's well said i want to go around really quick uh does green bay now clearly pick up the fifth year option on jordan love justice a 100 percent.
5: the franchise tag is higher than that so I mean if if you think that this is going to be your guy and this is the guy that you shipped out Aaron Rodgers for. I mean he he better be worth that fifth that fifth uh fifth year option for like a what is it like a 20 million dollar discount 20 million, yeah. compared compared to the uh franchise tag. So yeah, I think it's thumbs up for me.
4: Dusty? Yeah, absolute no brainer. I mean this was if there was ever a question before Rodgers is out the door. I <laughs> it'd be so ridiculous like we'll see you later Rodgers also we're not picking up the like, I was thinking
1: the same thing as what are do
4: we doing what are we doing uh this would be
2: tremendous uh but yeah no they I think they absolutely have to Tommy I'm assuming you're the same thing yeah I mean you have people were like oh well now you can go get Lamar right if you get a first round pick I was like no 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 <laughs> like listen Lamar Jackson's fun right but no like you literally and I love the I don't know if you guys heard this or maybe it was just like it Within the franchise, like, I want to say it was the second year of Jordan Love. So it was like 2021-ish. There was like a lot of chatter of like, he's not, he's not, he's not good. Like, he's not developing the way that he should. Like, there was a lot of it. And I was hearing it from people that shouldn't know about that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like not a great sign. But then that changed. There was a shift that happened. And I think it's because you bring in some coaches that maybe are really good at their job. Um. But I think now, like, the fact that Green Bay has even shifted their tone about how they talk about love. And I think, honestly, that's even happened within the past two months. Look at Goody going talk at the end of January and him saying, yeah, you know, Jordan Love, but he hasn't played a full season. You know, he hasn't played a full season. You never know what's going to happen, you know, all these things. But now it's like, nope, he's ready to play. At that combine, that's when Aaron was talking about the the shift in tone. I even did a, a video about that because I was like, this is different. It is very, very different. And now yeah. he's just like, well, we got to see if it works out for both sides. But the way that he praised Jordan Love, he's like, nope, he is ready to go. He's a starting QB. The next thing for him to do in his progression is to play. So, yeah, no, they're going to pick up his fifth-year
1: option because I don't know what else you do. Well, I was I was at camp. Well, obviously, in 2020, when it was drafted, they didn't have the mini-camp, so all, all the COVID stuff, right? And then they had the, the closed training camp or whatever, but Jordan was the three behind Boyle. You didn't get to see all that much of him. And then 2021 comes back and like um, that's when the whole Rogers situation was sort of happening. And so like Jordan got a bunch of reps and stuff. It was so bad. Like the, it, from a media standpoint, I can tell you cause like I was watching all of like the media is like, they were tweeting stuff out <laughs> to be like, all right, how harsh are they going to be on this kid? Because I was like, he wasn't put in a great position necessarily. And like um, he, he was uh, this was his first, you know, many camps he was going through, first OTAs going through, you've got the whole Rogers situation going on. So it wasn't put exactly put in like the best scenario, but it was like his feet were so crazy in the pocket and like his, it was like a panicked trying to go through progression and play after play after play was a panic check down to the side, like every single one. And then I remember it very clearly because there was one day, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a day in 2021 and I, I want to say it was mini camps or mini camps or training where he just went off. And like everyone was like, oh my God, he was he was doing the belt. He, that was the one day I missed. That was the one day that I missed was that day. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So apparently, you know, like the one, but like all the other days was just like, dude, can this guy leg- legitimately throw it down the field? Um, I think it was Bortles. I think it was Bortles. I forget who it was, but I think it was Bortles who like came in one day and like immediately just like ripped like a 40 yarder on a rope down the field, which seems very weird because he's Blake Bortles. But like we had literally not seen a throw like plus 15 yards down the field in like days of camp uh, or before that, because Jordan was just checking it down and everybody. But then 2022 goes And to your point about coaches, Tom, like I I think Tom Clements has a huge, huge impact On what he did, and I think he just ultimately takes a a jump and a step, which was very similar to what happened to Aaron as well. It was um, it was so much fun to see just him take that command and be more, um, you know, not as happy with his feet. Like you could just tell the time, effort, energy, work that he put in. It was it was a night and day difference.
5: And I think it's interesting Tom Clements actually stuck on this roster, right? I mean, he's kind of Rogers' guy, and there was even rumors. I know when I was down in Indianapolis a lot of people not necessarily rumors but a lot of people were asking because you know Green Bay was one of the the last teams to finalize their coaching staff right and they hadn't even announced what was it like Greg Williams it took them like, like a month weeks. to yeah it took them like <laughs> a month to announce that they had a new cornerbacks coach and a lot of people were wondering down there at the combine and they were like is it because Tom Clements is conditional upon Rodgers's return is that is that the situation that's happening and apparently not I mean I mean, who knows, maybe it changes in a week or something like that. But Tom Clements, it seems like he's two of
1: two on developing these quarterbacks. So keep him around as long as you can. And and credit to Aaron there too, right? Because when Aaron, like it was reported that Aaron like was asked, like, who would you want kind of as quarterbacks coach? And Aaron said right away, like, not just for me, but he thought that Tom would be amazing for Jordan as well. And I do think that there's a world that like, is there anything left for Tom to coach Aaron at this point? Like Aaron could probably coach the entire Tom Clement system. And like, I'm sure he would like that relationship in New York or whatever, but like Tom has an insane amount of value for Jordan love at this point. And like, like I guess I'd love or Rogers could run the Tom Clements like coaching camp at this point. Like I, I just, it made so much sense. And I'm so happy it happened that way.
5: The jets already have a QB coach, by the way, I, I did. I did check on that when, when those rumors were flying also, Nice of Aaron to have a wish list for a
2: quarterback coach. <laughs> yeah, demands. demands. Uh I think you going to, to say something? yeah, to that point too, like I also like really don't like that narrative of like, well, we should have just traded Aaron last year because the guy is coming off back-to-back MVP seasons, which and, and I know you all know this too. The Green Bay Packers are petrified and i'm using that word very specifically petrified of bad pr they hate it like they like when that rogers st- i was in the building when the rogers stuff was going down and i have never ever felt a level of anxiety in that building than i did like the amount because i talk to mark Murphy just about every year at this point and the amount of well what are you going to ask him like, what are you guys gonna talking? Do you have like a list of? I was like, this has never happened. And I've been doing this since 2016 now. Like, this has never, ever happened. There was like a joke made, and he's like, is it really clear that it's a joke? Like, it was like that much overboard because they didn't want to upset Aaron. They wanted to make sure like they were winning that because they were losing it. They were 100, 100- especially when Schefter, that was like two years ago now, right? When Schefter like tweeted right around the draft and it was like, oh, it's all the Packers. Like, they had a whole wave. Of really really bad PR and it's funny because he brought that up again and talking about like the Jordy Nelsons of the world the Clay Matthews of the world and like how now they kind of just get unceremoniously thrown out um and he brought that back to himself a little jab at the uh organization there but my point is that he's a back-to-back MVP and as we just talked about Jordan Love did not look good so yeah is the contract not great absolutely I can completely understand why they did it though, because the PR move that it would have looked like if you trade Aaron Rodgers after getting back to where you just were after two MVP seasons and you go to a guy who clearly wasn't ready, it was not going to be a good time. So, like, I get it. It wasn't ideal, but I 100% understand the move.
1: I said at this time last year that I like would have traded him. And I I made all the same points at the time, even, even though that that's probably the direction, like it's not fantasy football. It's not Madden. There's a real life organization you have to run. There's a real life person behind the face mask and the number 12 on the Jersey. Like there is so much that goes into that. And coming off of back-to-back MVPs to trade that guy, you know, yeah, you know what draft picks are fun and it's fun stuff for us to talk about, but it's, it's a real life organization that you have to run. And even if I think it was like the best thing at the time and getting a crap ton of picks from the Broncos probably would have kickstarted your next, um, you know, potential window to, to you know, win a championship. Like, It's it's just not that easy. And as we were talking about earlier, you know, with justice is that like these GMs and coaches, their, their livelihoods are on the line and tied to who's ever most often at your quarterback position and going to an unknown at that point, not what a lot of people want to do in that situation. I mean, look at Denver, like
2: right now, that Russell Wilson trade that everyone was praising and saying that was the greatest thing. ESPN's like, oh, Seahawks, they get a D plus, right? And the, the Broncos, they get an A plus, 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 they, they fleeced them, they destroyed them. It's a very different change of tone now. And now the GM, right, Sean Payton is reporting right to the owner, like it's kind of like overstepping him. It's not a good look. And now it's tied to that. And with Goody... You know, this is one of the biggest moves he's ever going to make, drafting Jordan Love. Like, that's going to be his legacy. So if he sucks it's it's not going to be ideal but then again you know like it's always forgotten about of like the Keyshawn Nixons of the world the Devondre Campbell's of the world like that he finds these diamonds in the rough the Rasul Douglases of the world so like it's it's a mixed bag because I see right now people are finger pointing at Aaron they're finger pointing at the organization and it's like it's all I think you might tweet that on Andy right like it's it's all of it it's all of it everything everywhere all at once shout out great movie like it, it's all of that happening so there there's nuance in here instead of just being like, Oh, nope, should have done that. Organization's dumb for doing it or not doing it.
1: Everyone's always mad at everyone all the time. Is the yeah. like That's we have sequel. to we have to always be upset with stuff and like sometimes it's just business and crappy things happen. And I'm sure, everyone probably wishes things went a little bit different, could have changed things. Like Justice, I think said it right at the beginning. Like, I don't think anyone acted like an idiot in the entire situation. Like it's these things are very very hard very very difficult and there's no easy way to, to always make these decisions and it's just life and uh, like i feel like we um we never allow for gray area that often of just like sometimes like especially when Rogers has been with the franchise, as long as he has, like sometimes relationships just get weird after a while. Like that just is what that's just life. And there doesn't always have to be a bad guy in the situation. I think to Aaron's credit, I think he said something, you know, very similar. Now you got, you got a couple of his Aaron Rogers isms in during the course of the interview, but overall he could have, he could have gone much more scorched earth and just didn't. And yeah, I guess I I think he's understood that there doesn't have to be a villain in this story. And I think that if we can keep it that way, that'd be freaking awesome. Really quick, Dusty, you have an idea on trade comp for for Rogers? Uh,
4: three first round picks. Uh no, I mean I don't. Um I mean honestly yeah. at this point, uh <laughs> I mean a first round pick, a first round pick this year, I don't know second or second round next year and maybe a conditional thrown in at this point like I'd be happy with. I w- I was really going for two first round picks at a certain point. I just don't think that's happening anymore. So I'm going like a I don't know. We'll do a, a first, a second, uh, conditional fourth is kind of my my thought at the moment. Which I don't know doesn't feel doesn't feel great, but also there's the contract stuff, and maybe he only plays one more year. And I think I would take that right now. Get I me mean, it, take anything right? Take a bag of chips right now. Like he's he's leaving. Get what you can
1: at this point. But that's that's kind of what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Tom, what what kind of chips would you like to see included in the deal? Salt <laughs> and vinegar. Um, I think it's
2: so funny too, because like you asked me three weeks ago, I was like, the Packers have no leverage whatsoever. Like not like not even a little bit. It's like, they're trying to get rid of this bad contract. Maybe they can take on more of the contract so they can get more draft capital. Like that would be good. But (laughs) I'm that vindictive that I'm like, if you are the Packers like right now, as as someone who lives in New York and my neighbor literally is a Jets fan. If this trade doesn't happen for whatever reason, they will burn MetLife to the ground. <laughs> Less players will get injured than actually playing on their turf, but they will burn it to the ground. So I think it – because, like, Jimmy G, that option's out the window. Derek Carr, that option's out the window. What do you have, Lamar? Like, Taylor Heineke's Lamar? gone. Yeah, exactly. Like Jacoby Brissett
1: got signed a couple hours ago. He's got yeah, like, Sanders, he's
2: got, yeah, got he's Carson Wentz
1: at this point, to right? To make Dolph, me fair, Dolph's I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure you can still trade for Taylor Heineke if you really want. To go <laughs> They're like, we have a 13th overall pick. We're gonna yeah. we're just going to throw you at
2: that. But the, my point is that I don't think it's, I don't think the Packers are going to get as fleeced as people thought a few weeks ago. Because I think that now there is a good amount of leverage. Because for the Packers, it's like you just said, Dusty, you'll take a bag of chips, right? Because he's leaving. It's definitely happening. What is the worst case scenario for the Packers? Rodgers retires? Okay, bye. Then we get nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but the Packers are willing to do that because they're moving on to Jordan Love. They have nothing to lose. The Jets, oh boy, they got they got some things to lose because they have people coming out at the end of January saying we are aggressively going after a veteran QB. All of this has happened for a month and a half. Everybody flew out there, and now Roger said I'm planning on going to the Jets. They got to get a deal done. So
1: all the yeah they can get matt ryan exactly Can you imagine Um, if all of a sudden as we're doing this like ian just tweets out the jets have signed matt ryan instead johnson's
2: just like flipping off everybody is like you know what we're getting him we're gonna tape the ball to his hands but like my point is that i think a the 13th overall pick i'd be happy with and then like do a conditional if he plays
1: another year next year you know maybe it can move up to like a third or a second or something i'd be content with that I think everyone in the chat's going to like Dusty and Tom more than they liked me and Justice when we were more in like the second round pick plus a conditional maybe. Um, so we'll see. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Like if you told me they got like a first and a third or a first and a conditional, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me they got like a, I, I think if you told me they got a third, I wouldn't be t- shocked either. Like I think there's an actual range here. And I do, I do think that, I don't know. It's just going to be super interesting. Uh, it's going to be super interesting. Uh, Justice final thoughts before we get out of here and uh, where can we find your work? Uh, I'm out of thoughts now. You can find my work at acmepackingcompany.com, uh, Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. That's pretty much it. Appreciate you, man. Dusty, where can we find you? Any final thoughts? Ah, no real final thoughts. No, I'm sure I'll have
4: thoughts at some point right now. I'm, I'm I'm drained at the moment. Like, like, uh, Justice, I believe I am
1: out of thoughts, but you can find me over on Twitter at Dusty. I appreciate you, man. Tom, appreciate you coming at the end. Where can we, well, we all know where to find you, but uh, where can we find you and what any final I don't five? have any social media. I don't do anything online. So just, just don't, just don't, just don't <laughs> find me. Just
2: don't. Don't, don't find Tom. I uh, am I really- going to consume so many things this evening now that I can relax.
1: Like that, that's where, that's where my head's at going into this evening. Cause now I can kind of relax a little bit. So is there, is there like a new hat that gets added to the wall now that a quarterback is gone? Like, is there some like passing of the, like, is there some sort of grassy tradition that needs to take place I, here? I burn an old hat just to signal to the neighbors that there's a change of guard. <laughs> so they, yeah. we do, it's very traditional here. So Love it. I I really appreciate all of you for being here. I appreciate Jacob Morley for stopping by uh, for a second as well. Um, Make sure to follow all their work. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. Um, I'll have a video right up here for you tomorrow morning again, 5 a.m. bright and early. Uh, So make sure to check that out. But uh, as always, until next time, and as always, go Packo.
6: MyPatriotSupply.com